Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Film Critters Processes. Uh, I'm Jay Bearhead as always. I am Brew as always. Um, and we're here with uh, our first twofer of the month because uh, we've We've seen a lot of movies, but we haven't really had a chance to talk about them. One of these movies we already talked about. Yeah, one of these, is uh, we're doing it as a two-part because we had a whole episode that was like 45 minutes, like an was, hour. Yeah, it was a really long uh, episode. And, and then it sounded like it was recorded in a tin can. <laughs> it really was bad. I'll see if I can salvage any um, any any points from it or anything, but I, I really, yeah, it will, will save you from listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of summarize our thoughts again. Uh, and that one. That film. That we are referencing <laughs> is High Life. High Life. The, the your favorite Miller <laughs> branding yes. is now a Claire Daniel. Claire Daniels. Claire Denis. Claire Denis. Claire Denis. Claire. Yeah. 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 Um, what is the plural of High Life? Uh, yes. <laughs> so I thought High Life was really good. Yes, uh, <laughs> as a, a, I, I think I, in the further I get away from that film, the more I'm like, that was a pretty good movie. But it's still yeah. definitely a movie. At some point, I'm gonna rewatch it and then like recalculate my taste, or not recalculate taste, but like recalibrate myself to it. It's kind of one of those movies where, especially since I haven't seen any of her other films, I think, yeah, um, it kind of took me, <laughs> kind of took me <laughs> off guard. Wasn't quite sure what to expect. What I got definitely was not what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very it, it's very soap opera like, and it, I think that's kind of what I like about it. Yeah, if you're going in, if you've seen the trailers for it, and you're expecting it to be like a thriller, where like there's something on the spaceship, that it's not. What is on the spaceship is man's inhumanity <laughs> <laughs> towards each other. Towards each other. Does man deserve to continue to propagate as a species in space? In space, uh, uh, in a big box. So. Yeah. <laughs> I guess let's just jump into it. Uh, yeah. This is a movie about a, a spaceship that is actually like, a, not like a prison colony. Like, it's not like Aliens 3, but it's like... It's kind of. It's like they're they're sort of prisoners excommunicated, and then they like were part of this... They, they kind of volunteered to be part of this mission that like... I think the point of the mission is this like black hole traversal. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's like kind of sort of a suicide mission, and that's like part of the plot. Um, it's them uncovering that, but then there's also this weird thing of like, uh, this one character trying to like make babies in space in like the impossible radiation of space or something like that as a scientific breakthrough. Yeah, she's also doing like sex and family raising experiments, and like the mm-hmm. it's it's revealed. Kind of slowly as the film goes on, that like the the other prisoners had assumed that she was actually like a a scientist who was a volunteer and not a fellow criminal, and then it turns out that like she basically is like a criminal who killed her kids and did like crazy medical experiments on them, and that's why she's on the spaceship. Oh I don't know gosh. if she did medical experiments on them, but the implication is definitely that like she's got a not a sterling reputation in the field of science. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Her character is just so all over the place and so interesting. Um, And so, yeah, and that's kind of the brunt of, like, most of the movie. And then there's this other concurrent sort of plot of later on um, with, like, Robert Pattinson and his daughter, who, like, kind of came about as a result of 
that other character. Uh, God, what's that actress's name again? Um, hold on, I can, I yeah, can I'm pull that right the now. fuck up. Juliette Binoche. Yes. Um, who is incredible, incredible in this movie. There's there's just a lot of interesting stuff there. There's like some stuff later of um, them finding like another derelict ship that's really good, and it's just like the dog ship. Yeah, like, the dog ship. Like it's it's very vague on if the ship ever had people on it or if it is just dog hell. <laughs> <laughs> but when they find it, it is dog hell. Yeah. Uh, does feature one of my favorite lines of the film, which is when the daughter who has basically been born and raised in space with only Robert Pattinson as her, like, stimulation front, is just like, did you bring back a baby dog? (laughs) No, it's it's not even that. It's like, I forget what she says, but she says something that is like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't know what the word puppy is. So you just, like, a dog infant. (laughs) (laughs) Dog child? I think that's what she calls, like, did you bring back a dog child? Papa, bring dog child to me. (laughs) Bring me a dog child. I would much great appreciate enjoy good. (laughs) Oh, space really fucks you up. Yeah. Um, No, yeah. Like, God, yeah. All all of the stuff with, like, her development and, like, uh, is, like, really, really good. Um, There's this whole, like, plot in the movie about them using, like, reclaimed water or something. Or, like, purifying water. And Robert Pattinson has this really memorable line uh, where he's, like, running this water purification machine. Basically, they're, like, running their waste... Uh, like, pee-pee, poo-poo, number one, number two, through, like, purifiers to turn them into food and water or something like that. Yeah. Um, And Robert Pattinson turns to his infant daughter and is just like, don't eat your own shit and don't drink your own piss and, like, down some water. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you purify... And he's, like, singing. He's like, even if you purify it, don't drink (laughs) your piss and don't eat your shit. (laughs) It's It's taboo. It's, yeah, uh, the abject. The abject. <laughs> we stand the abject. <laughs> we love it. Oh my god. Um, yeah. This is a. This is one of those films that's like that kind of art that's like really fun because it's just upsetting and like not <laughs> not really like a good time for anybody involved. Yeah. Uh, my highest praise I can give for this film is that there was a part when we saw it when a straight couple just fucking left in the middle of the movie because they yeah. were so outraged. <laughs> um, and you know what? good i Uh, love i love when a movie is just evil (laughs) yeah it's a very evil film there was a god should we talk about the box i feel like the sex box again yeah the sex box i I feel like we should cover it i love to discuss yeah so there's a there's a (laughs) fuck box in this movie yeah so on the spaceship it's really the most important part of the film where on the spaceship is this like i don't even it's just a room that people go into and they call it the box and it's, it's like a featureless void. It's a yeah that slowly starts to unveil like apparatuses, yeah, more <laughs> sensory sort of things. David Lynchian sex objects that just kind of show up, and it's like it's 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 implied to be kind of modular, like per person. Uh, and Juliette Binoche's character goes into the box, and it kind of shows like what the inside of the box is like, and she like straddles this weird like thing that has like a dildo on it uh and then like uh like fur appears fur shows, and like, like that's like is it's very vague on like if she's imagining the fur there or if like this actually will just like ah loading like werewolf yeah, <laughs> fantasy <exactly>. fucked mode <laughs> uh number 27 <laughs> yeah here's your fur coat and like like just 
medical examination looking ass dildo for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. And there's this whole thing of it being like sprayed down with like disinfectant or something like that. She has like, doesn't she also have like a pulley system she like grabs onto at some point? Like she's like manually cranking this like fucking steam engine ass dildo machine that oh she has God. in the box. Jesus Christ. I fucking love filmmaking so much. It was actually, uh, I was actually rethinking about this movie earlier uh, this week because I was thinking about the sort of concept of like movies that don't feel good, like movies that just like art that is just like evil and bad and upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like thinking about the way people always talk about that, but in relation to like Gaspar Noé or Lars von Trier films. And I realized that like, oh, but I do like upsetting films that are just unpleasant and like evil because I loved High Life. Yeah. Yeah. because High Life is, like, doing something interesting with all of that and mm-hmm. isn't just, like, wouldn't it be fucked up if a bunch of people it, went into space and there guys was... were and, on the moon. <laughs> and there was sexual violence. <laughs> like, the sexual violence is, like, not in a, like, oh, it justifies it in the film, but it's, like, yeah. you feel like there's a purpose that it's included and not just, like, ah, I've got, like, 20 minutes of runtime I gotta pat out. Yeah. Uh, with some some really shocking content, and you yeah. know what? The and as a as a dude, the most shocking thing I could think of is like if a if a woman had sex with you and you didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. There's also like this other rape scene with this other character who kind of feels pretty, uh, like non-essential. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of he's just kind of an antagonist. Um, and it's 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 he he's kind of the least the least three dimensional character I think, um, and he he gets killed immediately after after uh, sexually assaulting somebody, um, and that's what leads to isn't that what leads to them like basically like she like gasses everyone so they're just like immobile for like three months something like that because like like the uh, because like she has them all restrained and stuff and then the guy gets out and then he watches her, um, like stand in front of a cooler and act out a shampoo commercial. <laughs> uh, and he just gets real... One of my favorite parts of the movie. It's such a weird... Scene. Yeah, just her walking down and just catching this, like, wind through, like, the air conditioning unit and just standing there and, like, flowing it through her hair. And he's, uh, like, creeping on her and watching her. And then he, like, goes and tries to assault another prisoner. Yeah. Uh, and it that hell breaks out. And then I think she, like like, just gasses and neutralizes everybody for, like, a couple months. Also... There's, like, a body horror element in it that I really love, which is still, like, the revelation at one point. So when the movie starts, one of the things we see is Robert Pattinson, um, like, you know, all the alarm systems go off. And he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then he goes and, like, he, like, you know, checks into this thing and he just enters this, like, very, very obviously is just sort of doing this as, like, a check mark kind of thing. Like, uh, system's fine, cool, whatever. Uh, we got enough pee water, we're good. All right, and then he enters it and sends it off, and then the system continues, and they're like, okay, cool. You got another 24 hours of oxygen. Um, yeah. And so the implication at first is like, okay, this, like, when you're when I was watching, I was like, the un- I thought the understanding was like, oh, this is like, they all have this on the spaceship. This is just like a task that has to be completed in order for the system to, okay, we know that everyone is still like, alive and around and experiments are still being run uh and then it's revealed like kind of halfway through the film during one of the flashbacks that actually only one person has the ability to do that yeah (laughs) and that essentially the entire survival of everybody else on it is dependent on that person doing it yeah and the only reason robert pattison has this now is because um 
Dibs is the name of the scientist woman. Like, when that guy has a heart attack, she cuts open his finger and inserts the chip into her finger and does it. And then tells Robert Pattinson, if anything happens to me, like, you have to do this or, like, the whole ship will shut down and everyone on it will be killed. God, it's so good. It's such a, like, good mixture of just, like horrifying inhuman bureaucracy and then just like the body horror of the scene where she just like literally cuts a chip out of a man's finger and inserts it into her own finger in order to like turn off the alarm and make sure that they all don't like suffocate to death in 30 minutes unbelievable so good yeah i i I, it it really kind of places these characters in into uh kind of a system of like of of thinking and of of kind of interacting with each other uh, that I I think is the good part of the movie, I guess. Um, and the other good part of the movie is watching Juliette Binoche uh, with a handful of cum <laughs> uh, walk down a hallway. Walk a down a hallway, up. yeah. Um, that's the other, like, rape scene in the film is when she has them all gassed. She... So Robert Pattinson's character has this weird, like, no-fat monk lifestyle thing he's going mm-hmm. on with the ship where he's like, I'm not going to... Uh, jerk off for benzos which is like an actual thing in the film is like part of her experiments is she gets them is like is not not that they're allowed to have sex they're not allowed to have sex so the men have to like it to continue getting the medication they want which is kind of implied to be some sort of highly addictive pharmaceutical um she has them like jerk off into a cup and then she does the fertility experiments with the women. And the implication is that I guess the women also have to do that in order to get the pharmaceuticals they want. Mm-hmm. And Robert Pattinson is just like, I don't I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. So she like when they're all gassed and knocked out, she like straddles him and I guess extracts a specimen thusly and then just walks down the hallway with like his load. Yeah. And like puts it into a, a turkey baster and then inseminates one of the other women and i guess like robert pattison doesn't know that this happened until everyone else on the ship is getting killed and then she's just like by the way that baby that was born the first one to actually survive that's your kid and your responsibility now peace (laughs) (laughs) we're all dead fuck you you're all dead that thing is already your responsibility by that but i'm gonna ensure that you don't let that thing just die by being like that is actually your kid yeah God, that's a thing that that's a theme that I think about a lot is kind of generational space travel, uh, and like how long it would actually take to get to, like even even just like another livable planet, uh, and how many how many like generations and hundreds of years it would take, and how, like whole generations would just kind of live and die. Only, on, yeah, only, only know on the, spaceship. the spaceship life. Yeah. God, it's going to be so cool when we as a race get to discover that in, like, what, 50 years when the whole Earth just yeah, goes to shit? in, like, 20 years? Uh, it'll be fun. That yeah. was that was one of the saddest parts of the film was any time they showed Earth and it was really lush and green and gorgeous and just like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. High Life. Anything else to say? Um, no, yeah. Sorry sorry that this is a short one. We We literally watched this, like, last month. Yeah. Like last, last month. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit ago. And it's just, it's kind of hard to be like, what did we talk about in that again? Because it was very <laughs> easy and natural when it was like a week after it and not like we have seen f- several movies since then. And it's already kind of a very dense film. It's probably not in theaters around where you are anymore. But if it comes to Netflix or Canopy or yeah. something, definitely. 
I would say check it out. Check it out if you can stand like pretty upsetting content. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty rough. Um, um another reason why it's a second watch for me is because uh the film is non-linear in time space in like the way it's told. Yes. So it opens with Robert Pattinson as uh as like the new father essentially and you see him dumping the bodies into space at some point and so you know like okay everyone on the ship is dead except for him and his daughter yeah uh and then it kind of cuts like goes back and shows like all the events leading up to that yeah but in that time window it'll occasionally jump back and every time it jumps back to like air quotes present time it's further into that future so she's older like you see her as like a young child you see her as a teenager you see her as like kind of implicitly an adult woman it's really smartly constructed um i I loved i loved the the structure of it and the non-linearity yeah and i I really like how even they even work in like flashbacks within those flashbacks yeah because then it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's any real flashback because it doesn't really feel like there's a specific point in time that you that is your baseline that the movie is cutting to right it feels like just sort of like cuts throughout time as they sort of become relevant to the story yeah there's this sort of like objectivity of the timeline of of where it's it's kind of like there there is no correct real real perspective it's kind of all of this stuff happening uh in in conjunction and like all of this stuff interrelating in that sort of weird way um and yeah it's what did you think of what do you think of the ending where they they fly into the black hole and like complete the experiment and it's sort of left open-ended what is inside the black hole but they do the sort of symbolic like them sitting in a white void and then walking off (laughs) into the void (laughs) um Sure. Okay. So I will say, <laughs> I, I will say this, and this is some, this is something that I, that I expounded on a little bit more. Um, and, and I also get to say now, uh, fucking Andre 3000 in the, is in this movie. I keep forgetting he's in this movie. I keep forgetting. <laughs> and he does such a good job. Uh, and I, and I really, and I really love his character. And I really love how, um, I, 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 th- we kind of talked a bit before about how his death scene, uh, it felt a little bit hammy. It felt a little bit on the nose. Um, uh, but I, I feel like it kind of drove toward a specific point the movie was making in terms of people uh, kind of like wh- when they have absolutely nothing else and they're they have no like external. They don't really have a lot of external stimulus to work with. Um, people people will still do their best to kind of express themselves. And if all somebody if all somebody has is the act of dying, they'll express themselves through that. Yeah. Um, oh, OK. Yeah. So and and so that's. Like, also kind of this thing that happens with, like, Mia Goth's character uh, and, like, a bunch of other characters who kind of die these, like, really symbolic deaths. Um, and, like, and like some of, some of the deaths are kind of environmental and, like, not, not really being able to deal with their environment. And some of the deaths are, like, violent. And then there's, like, Mia Goth's character who uh, sabotages a mission to go into a black hole uh, as this kind of protest of uh, Dibs, Dibs's, some of the stuff that Dibs is doing. Um, and then there's Andre 3000's character who, uh, kind of like, it's just like, hey, there's this garden on the ship and it's like the last place where there's like real earth and like dirt and it feels like home. Uh, I'm just going to go die there. Yeah. No, he literally just like goes and buries himself in it. (laughs) And and it's, it's like very artful and very sort of metaphorical. Um, but, uh, 
there's there's a line that I, I goofed on a lot where he's like, my wife always said, you know, gardening will be the death of you or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like some extremely like, my wife always said, someday you're going to be in space and you're going to bury yourself in a garden and die, you <laughs> dumb bitch. <laughs> God, my wife be saying that to me every day. Um, my wife be predicting the exact circumstances and date in which I will die. <laughs> <laughs> Wives do that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Why why is it like if you keep fucking around a fat garden on July thirtieth at seven forty five AM you will <laughs> die of a heart attack in that garden. You will be stung by a bee and have an allergic reaction. Robert Pattinson will find hospital. your boots and, <laughs> and for some reason they'll explain what they're doing there because I assume in some sort of screening version people didn't get what the boots were there for. <laughs> um I will I will also restate something that came up in, during our last recording with our friend Mia who is on the recording and is you know blah 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 is gone now is gone now <laughs> Has been dead now we <laughs> killed her uh is that like Robert pa- Robert Pattinson has an exciting career coming up of being weird face man yeah uh, I love weird face guy weird face guys and him acting across Willem Dafoe in like a new a24 I think I think Robert Eggers or something like that yes it's I think it's the Vivich guy maybe yeah yeah, there's a, that, the long the lighthouse, man. The lighthouse. <laughs> and it's black and white. Oh yeah, um, God, I'm so excited. And it's extremely Robert Pattinson. You will see in full uh, Dolby surround sound IMAX. Yeah, weird face. Oh, uh, I want to see Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe just have a weird face off. Yeah, yeah, it's Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers, hell yeah. Um, he'll sit, uh, yeah, let's talk about this with someone else where it's like how Nick Cage is also kind of a weird face guy who's become yeah. the, like, uh, simultaneously a huge joke who does shitty movies and also like really good weird face actor Yeah, who does shitty movies as I found out recently because he has an addiction to buying like dinosaur bones. What? Yeah, he like, I felt someone was like, like, yeah, for a long time, I thought he did bad movies in order to fund his like independent films that he works on. But no, he just loves buying like dinosaur bones. And as it turns out, those are very expensive. Oh my God. (laughs) Those are, are, you got to do a couple Fast and Furious movie level projects. You got to do Gone in 60 Seconds if you want this dinosaur femur. God, I'm so curious about his collection. I want to see the Nick, I want to see the Nicolas Cage Museum of Dino Bones. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is not at the museum. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Robert Pattinson is demonstrating that he can act mm-hmm. uh, and is escaping his past as like Cedric Diggory slash Edward Cullen slash yeah. that weird romantic comedy movie that ends on 9-11. Yeah. And I also, I, I, re- I will say this movie really inspired me to see Good Time. Uh on a lot of people's recommendation. I still, I still need to watch it. I've, um, I've been, it's been up there on like one of the next movies I'm probably going to watch. I'm really curious. I want to see his performance in that. And I, I and, and that's, that's also a movie that a lot of people are citing, uh, in, in response to the Batman news, uh, with Robert Pattinson being the new Batman. Oh yeah. I feel like he's going to be the Batman. Yep. I feel so bad for him because he's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter that he's been like putting in the good work of being like a good actor. And he's been in like pretty much only like, at the very least, interesting, more cerebral films for the yeah. past, like, decade. People are just going to be like, oh, I can't believe they uh, cast the pretty boy glitter vampire as Batman. Childhood equals ruined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, uh, he's no Val Kilmer or Michael Keaton or George Clooney or any of the other pretty boy Batmans. Christian <laughs> fucking Bale, pretty boy ass Batmans. <laughs> He's God, a it's pretty so, boy. That's his character. It's so, it's so unprecedented to just cast just oh a my beautifully God. faced no, man. No, let's cast fucking Duke Nukem as yeah. the new Batman. I can't believe that they turned they they picked oh. Robert Pattinson and not fucking John Claude fucking J- Van Damme. Yeah. Like, where the fuck do people get off getting mad about Robert Pattinson? <laughs> uh, well, okay, they're right, though, because a Robert Pattinson, Joaquin Phoenix, Batman Joker movie is going to be so insufferable. Oh, God. Actually, I forgot that Joaquin Phoenix is playing Yes, Joaquin yeah, Phoenix is the be... new Joker. Society, you are self-parody. Fuck you. I am, like, this I'm is like so a This mad. is like a joke, like, somebody in, like, the early 2000s made about, Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fucking A, dude. The fucking A twenty four ass production of like Batman and Joker that's gonna have to oh come God, out. That weird looking Joker movie that did that yeah, even like, come out yet? It's coming out. Ugh. We might. We gotta go see it. Yeah, we have to. see It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I watched it's, the trailer oh for it and I God. actually thought the trailer was like a joke. I thought it was an SNL spoof or something. It's, it's I, skit. No, I'm not saying spoof. It's 2019. It's 2019. Uh, but like, <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, skull duggery. A little, <laughs> a little, a little mo- mockery. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like it. Wow. This, like literally in the trailer, like this, like Yorgos lent the most ass framing of Joaquin Phoenix, and like these guys around him just being like, "Hey, what are you gonna? What are you a clown? You a clown tough guy? Some kind of clown? You some kind of clown? Am or I something? a clown to you?" And then he's like, "The real society. clown society. <laughs> society is the clown." God, we're we're getting way off talking here, but I just watched a movie recently called Gamer. <laughs> oh God, which is an incredible train wreck of a film but there is a part where michael c hall playing the main like mark zuckerberg-esque bad guy literally straight up says word for word we live in a society yes yes where he's explaining his video game society oh my (laughs) god we live in a society society made society we live in that society now and then he goes like Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm 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 excited for Robert Pattinson's continuing career as weird yes. face guy who occasionally makes movies that make nerd men extremely angry. <laughs> which honestly, at this point, is the only value of like superhero movies. All right. What well, well, what would you rather have spent the ticket price of High Life on? Oh yeah. Um, would, yeah. Fifteen. Let's see. What would I have rather spent it on? Hmm. You know, kind of like maybe, maybe something, uh, maybe like a ticket to the museum, like a really good museum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I went, uh, I went to Pike Market recently and I got some, uh, stuffed anchovies for a recipe. Oh. Uh, at fucking, uh, De Laurentiis. Shit, that does sound real good. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm making, I'm making a pesto situation. Um. What I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend the money on. Yeah. Actually, you go first. Cause I well, I'm, I would rather, basically, I would rather spend, uh, have spent the money on a uh, farmer's market to cooking experience. And You're glad you didn't spend it on. I'm glad I didn't spend it on. Um, fucking, I don't know. <laughs> a Domino's cooking experience. <laughs> a domi- Yeah, I'm glad I didn't spend that fifteen dollars $15 on like two four for fours. Yeah. 
or some shit and, uh, and a smoothie. I am glad that I didn't spend it on our next movie. <laughs> The wind. Oh, the wind. <laughs> That's why I wanted you to eat it first, because like this yeah. is a transitory, this yeah. is a transitory thing. Uh, the wind sure does go off. <laughs> um, the wind. So yeah, we were we just got done talking about how great nonlinearity is in movies. Now here's why it's bad. Here's a movie that fucked it. Okay, here's the thing about High Life versus The Wind. There's nonlinearity, but it does a good chant like way of like. Having the characters look distinctly enough that it tells you what time period you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a really good small detail with, um, I keep blinking on her name, Mm. the main scientist lady in... Uh, Dibs? Dibs, yeah. Um, Where like her hair is getting longer and longer as like time in the the film goes on. Like that's why they have that... Like it's in the sequence where she's in front of the blow... and they the and air they, conditioner. They do their best on like old face makeup for Robert Pattinson too. Yeah, it's which is hard because his face is like not a human He's face. A, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is a baby alien. So you know they do stuff like that. All of the characters all have like very distinct appearances and like personalities. And in the wind, it's two opposing uh, white couples who are yeah. not distinguishable in any real capacity. At first, I was like, okay. Dress. I got the one has that dress, the other has that dress. Mm-hmm. And then they drop that. And then it's like, okay, but one's pregnant and the other's not. And then I realized halfway through watching the wind that in some of the flashbacks, the main character is pregnant. And so I was just like, I don't know what fucking time I'm looking at at <laughs> any given moment or which fucking character is on screen. Yeah. Yeah. At a, at a certain point, I kind of give up the reins and I just kind of let a movie kind of go in a direction. And I, I kind of had a lot of moments where I was like, so wait, is this happening? Like, is this real? Was she pregnant? What like yeah. what, is, what relates to what? Like, and I don't know. Like, I will I will say in favor of the wind that it, like, it it has images. It definitely has images in it. It's um, got um. There's that really good sequence where like she kills her goat or like her goat is killed and then like a few days later she's walking back from something and her goat is alive in her front yard and she just freezes and like the way that whole shot is framed because you're just immediately like that goat is dead (laughs) that goat should not be alive right now (laughs) yeah exactly um it's not like doing anything malicious it's just there (laughs) and it shouldn't be and that is like an incredible like good like scare um and then there's also a part where she's attacked by wolves. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's some it's, GTA. It's some Red Dead Redemption bullshit. Yeah, for real. It is. I. It's not. It's just not scary. It's not scary. And it's not I, like the other thing I like from horror, which is interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, it kind of, it doesn't really want to say anything necessarily. Like, it, I mean, it kind of does. It's like, men don't listen. And it's like, that's, horror has been saying that forever. Yeah. Like. And, and you can't really kind of just throw spaghetti at the wall in that direction uh, because because like just the the tone and like the iconography that was being used was just so all over the place and I think to me the biggest problem with the film that I, I picked out and there's a lot but one of the bigger <laughs> ones was that it definitely wanted to be a the Vivitch style film because that's mm-hmm. a thing that, like that's basically a whole subgenre yeah. of horror um, but the director absolutely just wanted to make a normal horror film yeah uh and it really shows like in the moments when the the dead pregnant girl's ghost shows up and she has like grudge girl makeup 
because it's so tonally dis- it's so to- it's, atonal from like the, everything else yeah. that was established at that point or like when the the priest that is actually the demon shows up and it's like he gets in and like okay cool this is going to be an interesting like tension of like is he real? He also doesn't know if she's real because they both know that the demon can like pretend to be someone. Mm-hmm. And immediately he's just like fucks it up and he's like, well, why didn't he believe you when uh, what's her name saw the demon? And she's yeah. just like, I didn't tell you her name. And he's like, oopsies. And it's like, you literally just got inside and just sat down and immediately dropped the ball. <laughs> God. I think editors really underestimate how easy it is to build tension. And they just think that they have to get in and get out. And they, they have, like, all of these kind of misgivings about timing and, like, horror timing. And then, like, everything has to just, like, okay, it has to happen. And then there's the next thing. And then it has to happen. And then this thing happens. And then here's the next thing. And it's, like... It, the film felt very, like, both, like, in terms of like the film editing, but in terms of the script, felt, like, either over or under-edited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it felt like there was a lot of ideas and none of them were really given like a full thread to be followed. Yeah, it's very claustrophobic. So it's either like, oh, I rewrote this so many times that there's just all these like leftover traces of like different things that this was going to be. And now they're all just kind of there and overwhelming Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. Or it was in the first stage of here's a bunch of things I want to do. Yeah. Uh, I could go through and like pick one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or two, or two, but no, no, all Cause, of them. Because there's also the theme of like jealousy, uh, which is like a, whatever. But I, I really like the theme where there's the line of like, oh, this is like weird having neighbors. You know, like everywhere else you can just walk around and see people, but here you gotta like make an effort to see anyone. Mm-hmm. And that idea of like being isolated and like that being scary, but also the scare, the fear of like not being isolated. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like really good ideas, <laughs> but they don't, they're, none of them are fully formed. Yeah. They're not very well explored. They're kind of just, it, it, it there's too, there's so much screen time spent on just kind of torturing the main character, but like it, it if if she's not learning anything and the audience isn't really learning anything and all of these experiences are just kind of like, oh, the desert's bad. Oh, the desert's good. Oh, it's cursed. Oh, it's not cursed. It's like, we're like, I don't know. Like, what are we learning? What are, what is, what is changing? What is, what are the, you know, and not to, not to have such a, such a kind of like westernized thinking of like horror narratives, but it kind of just seemed like that was what, what this movie was trying to go for. Um, and it, and it kind of, it really fell flat and just had too many elements. Um, big mood, however, is chloroforming yourself to sleep. Because <laughs> you're having a panic attack? Yes. That was good. No, I really, I really liked that bit. That was, um. And her, her. Was that after she saw the goat that was supposed to be dead? Like she just runs into her house and chloroforms herself or like <laughs> some, something happened and she was just like. I gotta get to bed fucking now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta hit that yield Xanax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, because like there's the sequence earlier where she uses chloroform on like the other girl who's kind of being driven, driven mad by the desert, um, and then like yeah, she just chloroforms herself, and there's this brilliantly acted. I I liked the acting. I will say that much. I I, I liked the main the main actress. Um, and there's this brilliant sequence where she's getting out of bed the, the following morning. Um, 
and is like her hair is just in like horrible looking tussles all over her face and she's just like slowly like sauntering out of bed just like oh yeah <laughs> really really powerful it's yeah no i will say her acting is really good especially like and that was like the other theme about it that was kind of disappointing is so when it's revealed that like oh she actually was like fucking your husband and like was crazy and like all these things i was like oh i thought what this was building towards was that like this is ambiguous about whether or not it's all in her head Mm -hmm. like not just the demon but like is there actually adultery going on is there actually jealousy going on is she pregnant with your husband's kid uh you know like is this a threat to like the little bit of stability you've managed to scrounge out here or are you just over responding to a threat because you've kind of tried to make peace with the other threat in the prairie, which is a demon. Yeah. Um, are, are you jealous because this woman is having a child and you did not have a child? Uh, you and like all the, all these like interesting themes. And then there's just like that scene where she's like, I'm pregnant with your husband's kid and we're going to run away together and it's going to be so cool. <laughs> What are you going to do? Shoot me? Pregnant woman who got shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, also part of the the reason where, like, the flashbacks messed me up is because they kept having that running theme of, like, how did she get your gun? Because, like, it's assumed that it was, like, a suicide. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there's the flashback where she's given the gun, but because she's pregnant and is obsessing over this demon pamphlet, I assumed it was a flashback to the other woman. Because she was also pregnant and obsessing over the demon pamphlet. Yeah. And so I was like, well, she didn't she didn't get a gun from you. She was given a gun by her husband. And then I realized, like, later, oh, wait, no. That was her. <laughs> that was her a while back. What a, what a mess can, of a film. Yeah, it's just so... It's, it's disappointing. It's just disappointing. It's, it's, it, there's unfortunately no other real way to, like put it because i was really excited about this because it seemed like a really interesting like concept even just the title the wind and how that ties into like oh it's just the wind oh yeah definitely enticed by the trailer and enticed by the style yeah Um, and then just doesn't yeah this is why we're doing this as a twofer with high life because we we both walked out of it being like there's not there's only so many ways you can say this movie was a disappointment yeah yeah there's just um too much too much spaghetti. I did like the weird like de- types of demons pamphlet. Yeah, and it, and it I thought re- that was cool. Yeah, I wish that I wish there was more of like that in the film. Like that was really interesting to me. Just this like these are the types of demons out there. Oh my god, uh, this one makes you feel jealous. <laughs> this one makes you say bad words. <laughs> oh my god, we should bring those back as a as a thing like, like demon well, pamphlets. De- <laughs> Oh, demon Pokemonology? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just, like, spot the demon. Demon uh, Pokedex. I really liked the design of the demon on that thing, too. Like, I yeah. just want that as a little art print, the, mm. the Demon Prairie book. God, uh, that would be really cool. I, that was, that was like, another thing that was confusing to me about the film was the, the priest who shows up at her door. Yes. And then he's dead, and then maybe he's not dead, but then he's also shown in the flashback as the one who gave her the pamphlet, so she's met him before, but that's not acknowledged when he shows up at her house. Yeah. And then he's evil. Well, and that's just it. Is it it's it's the implication seems to be in that scene, that sequences of scenes, is that he stays at the abandoned house and then yeah. he lets the demon in, probably because it pretended to be her and he didn't listen to her warning. Yeah. And then it killed him, 
and then used his body to go fuck with her. Because then when she's walking back from the other house, she sees I his body. didn't get that at all. But I... then the husband is like, oh, I saw the priest on the way in. Oh so I'm God. like, was that the demon he saw? Was that the priest? Is the priest not dead and she just imagined it or the demon made her see a body to fuck with her? But then it's the same priest that in a flashback is shown giving her the pamphlet to the demons. So was he just not there at all? But then the husband saw him, so he was there. There's five characters in this movie, and it is too many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just hire a different guy to play the priest for that one scene. (laughs) If she's supposed to have met the priest before, you can't have him show up again. And it's just like, oh, the priest, I don't know who lives out here. Bad movie. It's such a... Boo. Boo. (laughs) Thumbs down. What would you have rather spent your ticket price on? Uh, I saw it at the same theater, (sighs) Hegelswausen, or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Oh, Hagazusa. Hagazusa. Oh, you know what I am about to? Um, This Starbucks order that I'm about to give my roommate, because they're at Starbucks. Do you want anything? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my god, that's such a good question. Yeah, let's just let's but let's leave this in because this is what I'd have rather spend yeah, my money okay. on is the Starbucks um, order. Do ooh, do they still have like the matcha? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I kind of want a matcha frap. Okay. Um, smallest size and no whipped cream, and no and decaf if possible, but that might not be possible. That's right. I ordered decaf. Um, before we went to it, I bought energy drinks. For the next day, and I'm glad I bought those instead of a ticket to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds that sounds prudent. Uh, what would you? What are you more glad to have spent your money on this, this movie instead of? <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, Jay, but Hagazusa sounded black. I'm glad. I didn't see that shit. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, I guess I'm glad I didn't spend it on like. You ever like you're at a restaurant and you're like, ooh, that looks really good, but I'm going to get this thing instead. And then your friend gets it and then you try it and you're like, oh, that's, I'm glad I didn't get that. Oh, shit. Uh, That experience is, is, I'm glad I didn't have one of those while I was down in Portland. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. Because Portland has really good food. And so when those few times when you buy something food wise and it sucks, you just feel so mad. (laughs) because <laughs> you're like there's so much good food here and i happen to like pull the fucking like the fucking trump card bullshit as oh like god i got fucking screwed because <laughs> like i can't i ate now i can't eat more <laughs> damn that would suck getting a shitty meal in portland what a what a bad because like getting a shitty meal in seattle that's easy yeah you didn't, i, I, do, I do that every day and i don't i don't think seattle necessarily is like a terrible food culture it's just really easy to get bad food here portland it's a bit harder and so it feels more like a waste when you do because you know if you don't live there yeah in summation go see high life do not go see do not the, go see the, the wind, wind. Um, i mean go I, to portland i i go to portland i i will say I do hope that because like I think that was, that was the director's like first movie. I do hope she makes more stuff because she definitely has. I think yeah things there. I think this this could have been like you know maybe the production was marred by something. Maybe there was like a lot of outsider influence on it. Maybe you know there's. I'm aware that things happen sometimes and movies <clears throat> are just bad despite best intent and best yeah. work ethic. She has some. She had some really good visuals and ideas in there. I I think she could probably make a good movie. I think the director. Uh, 
to be honest, I I think the directing aspect of the film is kind of the strongest point. I th- I think it's 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 during the editing and the writing, which is like really mm. where everything needs to get tightened up for the for for this one. I think, and I'm and I I hate sounding like such a fucking film teacher because uh, it's this is ju- this is really just kind of my perspective and my taste. Um, and and I'm I'm certain that a lot of people really really uh, enjoy the wind. Uh, subjectivity. Uh, we're yeah, having yeah, this yeah, discussion yeah. now. This is so uh, annoying. Well, oh my art, fucking god! Be objectively I bad. literally, you, it's impossible to talk about media. But you know what I'm like. You know what I mean. Yeah, um, we assume if you're watching our show, you are f- or listening to us, you are fully aware that um, we don't think you're a fucking dumbass. You <laughs> like something that we don't, and we assume that you have a good reason to do so. Yeah. But 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 yeah. Point being, like from my perspective, like there were a lot of really great images in the wind. I I, I liked the shot of the bed outside. Um, I wish. Oh, that that, that I wish it shot was, was really I, good. Yeah, I wish it was plot relevant at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or or more obviously plot plot relevant, I would say. Um, and I, I liked the I liked the shot of like the the windows breaking uh behind her. I thought that was uh really well framed. Um, like a lot of specific shots kind of remain in my memory. Um. And uh, also remaining in my memory is all the fucking shit, bad shit that I didn't like. Yeah. No, uh, that's that's definitely true. Like, I think it's like, it kind of was the editing and, like, the, the script. Like, the, that was just a script you can't really shoot to good. I don't know if they, she maybe wrote the script as well. Yeah. But, I, you know, it could just be like, get get this get this director a better script. Movies, a better movie. Movies hard. Movies are, movies are very fucking hard. Yeah. It's, I, that's something I try to I try to keep in mind. Uh, I I've talked to people a few times now about how like our our anti anti auteur bit we do where we're like mm-hmm. we, we say a movie is good despite the director. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the reverse. Where it's just like uh, this movie's bad. Director, you're probably yeah. Fine. The director is fine, but it's like it's definitely something where it's like I I try to keep that one as like you know what making movies are hard and any given auteur yeah um you know his, his movies are really kind of all movies are carried by the strength of everyone's work in them. Yeah. And, but consequently all movies are at risk of like one element, just sinking the whole project. Nicole Kidman's Dogville. (laughs) I mean, that movie entirely sails on the back of its fucking actors. That movie would have been, I'm, I'm imagining an alternate universe where a single one of those characters was miscast. And that movie would immediately have just fallen apart for real, which I guess to an, (sighs) Regrettably, I do have to say, Lars von Trier cast really good roles for that. He yeah. definitely got good performances out of his actors. It's a shame that um, the man has no self-awareness outside of that. I was talking to say, did you know Lars von Trier uh, doesn't get like like doesn't want to get his anxiety and depression treated because he thinks it'll make him make bad movies. <sighs> Which is like, yeah, I've been. Hate. I I was there when I was like twenty two. This man is like fifty. <laughs> I hope he dies with untreated anxiety. <laughs> I, ho- I, hope I hope he, he dies from it. I, I hope his next movie is ruined because he has to go to the hospital because he has a panic attack and thinks it needs to get an EKG to tell him it's not just a panic attack. Oh my god. What a fucking moron. <laughs> He's so fucking dumb. If you're that rich and you're not getting any help for your... I hate people so for for, j- for your depression and anxiety, which admittedly is like, he probably has really bad depression and anxiety... But fucking, so does the waitress at Caro's. You can get fucking treatment, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, for real. Anyway, um, that's our episode. Thank you so much. We, yeah. I, we hope you enjoyed. Um, and we have another one in the pipeline that we're actually recording right now. Yeah, we're, we're basically going to take a break, uh, stretch their muscles, yeah. do a couple laps around the around yeah. the pool. 
<laughs> that we have. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be right Do back. Do some training on the elliptical. Uh, uh, and we'll, we'll probably just, we'll probably stagger these two episodes. I imagine like by a few days or oh, something. Oh fuck it. We'll... Or just really small, whatever. Fuck fuck. Content it. apocalypse. Content <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much for joining. Thank us. you for joining us. Uh, and stay tuned for our next processes where we're going to do a double feature of movies that aren't art they're not art. that are that are objectively there you can like them they could be fine but they objectively are not art yeah this is for the art hose and then everyone else wait for the this next is for one. the algorithm <laughs> <laughs> we love the algorithm all right all right bye, bye.